It's April 2020. For reasons well understood, social media becomes our social. With time on our hands, we're attached to our phones more than we ever have been. What before would have been drops in the ocean now become cultural touchstones. Case in point, the Tiger King. Our hyper-awareness combined with our desperation for escapism inflates things to the nth degree. Minor scandals become major talking points. As we cloister ourselves at home to the chance of, we're all in this together, it starts to occur to us that, no, we aren't. Maybe it's this heady mix of a thirst for entertainment and sticking it to the man that means a certain thread on Twitter offering $2 donations to a homeless shelter for every story submitted about how a certain talk show host is, quote, one of the meanest people alive, gets so much traction. Stories pour in, chipping away at two decades worth of wholesomeness. While before it would have flown under the radar, now it explodes until members of her own staff on one of the top shows in America break their silence whistleblowing an alleged toxic, bullying, racist environment with America's first lady of daytime TV at the helm. There's something about a fall from grace that captures our imagination. And when you have as far to fall as Ellen DeGeneres, it can take a while to come back down to earth. Welcome to Canceled. I'm your host, Cam, and this is the show where we look back at some of the biggest and most bizarre attempts to cancel people corporations, and even countries. You may think the subjects of our very rigorous and academic study deserve public disdain. You may think it's all a gross injustice, but it doesn't matter because all of them were judged in the court of public opinion and ultimately canceled. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Today's cancellation is a work in progress. Hailed as a queer icon who blazed new trails for gay people in the public eye, it's now alleged that she is the enabler of a toxic workplace, an arbiter of harassment, and a bully. Ellen DeGeneres is less falling off the cliff of cancellation than tumbling down the hill next to it. But how did Ellen, once so beloved she's in a category where her first name does all the work, go from a pioneer of the LGBTQ community to someone accused of being arbitrarily mean. And crucially, how is it that both of those things, groundbreaker and faker, can be true all at once? To know Ellen, you need to know that she's been canceled before for altogether different reasons. It's 1997, 
And liberal Hollywood, as it turns out, isn't all that liberal. Gay is still an acceptable punchline. Queer culture exists only on the fringes. And prominent, openly LGBTQ entertainers and public figures are few and far between, subject to ridicule, and often living in the, quote, glass closet. That is, out to industry insiders, but their sexuality kept hidden from the public. This is the environment in which one of the most prominent lesbian figures of the 21st century cuts her teeth. Ellen before Ellen navigates a career in the stand-up circuit to the movies, sitcoms, and even an educational show with Bill Nye the Science Guy. She's prominent enough to be considered a star, but shielded from scrutiny of her personal life. This all changes in 1994 when she debuts the sitcom Ellen, an eponymous star vehicle that turns her into a comedy force. Ellen is a hit, and it's attributed to a specific quality that its star seems to exude. Authenticity. It feels as though the every woman from New Orleans has been transplanted onto the national stage unabridged. And people love it. She's wholesome. She's funny. She's nice. Nobody objects to her because nobody is offended by her. This is the narrative that is to follow Ellen throughout her career. Ellen, the show, much like Ellen, the celebrity, is built on this appeal. And here's where she first gets canceled. She strays from the familiar and decides to shatter the glass closet from the inside. It's 1997, and throughout the 90s, there's speculation that Ellen may be gay, but she is hesitant to give credence to the rumors. This is before social media, and the capacity for privacy in the public eye is still generous. She doesn't have to, but she decides to come out publicly, on the cover of Time magazine, and on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Her fictional sitcom counterpart does so at the same time, in an episode that gains 45 million viewers. It's brave, it's bold, and it's bruising. She receives vocal support, but in the pre-Twitter landscape of the 90s, the tabloids fill the void. Contentious press coverage follows, advertisers pull their backing, and America's religious right have a field day. Pleasant Ellen has found someone to offend, and they make sure she knows it. Her sitcom staggers on for one more season post-outing, and then, along with its star, is canceled. She retreats from the public eye, the backlash is so damaging. Quote, I never wanted to be the lesbian actress, end quote, DeGeneres would later say. Quote, I never wanted to be the spokesperson for the gay community, ever. I did it for my own truth, end quote. Her own truth cost her a cruising altitude stardom and threw her career into nosedive. Remember, there was no act to follow. Years pass, and Ellen has to start from scratch, eking her way back into the public eye. A failed sitcom here and a award show hosting gig there. It isn't until 2003 that she manages to recapture what catapulted her to fame in the first place. Wholesome, folksy, authentic Ellen is reformatted in The Ellen DeGeneres Show, and with it, she is relaunched. What's most striking now, watching clips from early seasons, is how much the show is built around the tone its host strikes. In the same way Oprah is now worshipped for her legendary giveaways and spirit of self-betterment, Ellen becomes known for two things her authentic optimism, and her dancing. America is charmed. Here is a woman who is all things to all people, but this time with nothing to hide. What's more, her being gay doesn't seem to matter. 
she draws in viewers from across the political spectrum, invited to enjoy the light, funny daytime fare and the monologues from an unpretentious host, beseeching those watching to, quote, be kind. Ellen has done the unthinkable. She hasn't just reversed her cancellation. She's used it as a kickboard to the heights of television success. Cut to 2018. The Ellen DeGeneres Show, now simply known as Ellen, has been riding high for 15 years. Its trademark, where the host dances gamely with audience members at the top of the show, has been phased out. But its crowd-pleasing mix of celebrity and real-life stories in an easy, breezy afternoon tonic continues to thrive. The woman at the center of it all has won seemingly every plaudit under the sun and is hailed as the most likable woman in Hollywood. Which is why it's so remarkable to see a New York Times headline professing, Ellen DeGeneres is not as nice as you think, next to a photo of the woman herself looking reflective and forlorn. This isn't an expose. This is a profile of DeGeneres with the headline based on her own words. Mm. Here's the woman who has built a television empire based on the popular conceit of her unremitting niceness, warning us it isn't the case. DeGeneres has shot a special for Netflix aptly titled Relatable. And in the profile, she discusses how her talk show persona has become a comedy straitjacket. She's tired of being the dancing lady, feels creatively unfulfilled, and is concerned at how audiences conflate what they see for an hour in the afternoon with the real whole person. Her comedy special shows a spikier side, more distant and maybe more real. At this point, rumors abound that Ellen is far different in real life from what we see on TV. Tensions on the set and vague reports of her being rude and cold awash the internet. It's an attack on that central tenet of her success, her seeming authenticity. When asked about these growing stories, she's firm in her denial. But by the same token, she admits she's playing a character as a talk show host and that she's less relatable now than she has ever been. Now let's be real. She's a multimillionaire with a personal chef. Of course she's less relatable now than she was in the 90s. That shouldn't be a surprise. But something about this interview and the special itself is jarring. It's almost as if after feeding us 20 plus years of this image of innocuous, unrelenting niceness, she's decided to backtrack What's more, she's breached a fundamental rule of comedy. You never admit your shtick is a shtick unless you want to be beaten with it. The social media machine, absent from much of Ellen's career, slowly starts to grind into motion. If there's one single criterion for cancellation by Twitter, it's pretending to be something you're not. It's a slow burner. There are sporadic viral tweets about how Ellen is rude to waiters. She polices what her staff eat for lunch. She once fired an autistic man for speaking to her. Less happy days, more The Devil Wears Prada. But the stories don't quite catch on. That blanket denial Ellen gives to the New York Times seems to do enough, and her ratings remain intact. Then something strange happens. Dakota Johnson of Fifty Shades fame makes an appearance on the show in late 2019. Ellen, with her trademark perkiness, wishes Johnson happy birthday and asks why she wasn't invited to her party. Johnson rebuts that she was invited but didn't show up, something confirmed by Ellen's producer, Jonathan. It's all of a 30-second exchange, but Ellen is caught in a lie. 
They laugh it off. The awkwardness is searing. And this is what Twitter has been waiting for. The clip goes viral. Johnson is heralded for daring to go up against the unimpeachable Ellen, and the host is called out for what is perceived to be her bullshit. Fuel is added to the fire when it is revealed that the reason for Ellen's non-attendance at Johnson's Malibu party was because she was in Texas attending a sports match with the former president George W. Bush of war on terror, anti-LGBTQ rights, and failed Hurricane Katrina response fame. Mm. A few roar rages across socials. Ellen addresses the Bush meeting on her show, echoing her ubiquitous mantra to be kind. It doesn't work. What had been a trickle of negative press becomes a torrent. The Bush story is a permission slip for people to, quote, expose the truth about Ellen with a kind of savage, long-delayed satisfaction. Accusations of racism, abuse, and bullying on the set of her talk show erupt. That Twitter thread, offering a $2 donation to an L.A. homeless shelter for every Ellen being mean story, gets almost 3,000 responses. Meanwhile, in the midst of a pandemic, among reports of her hiring a non-union crew to work her show whilst leaving staff in the dark about their job status, she tweets that being locked down in her beachside mansion feels like jail. The very flaw that Ellen herself had mooted in that New York Times profile, that she just wasn't relatable anymore, that she was acting, had been enough of an admission to call into question her entire brand. If she could lie about attending a birthday party, what else was she lying about? The bubble had burst. It's something hitherto unknown for Ellen. In the 90s, circa first cancellation, she was the underdog. Her unjust exile for her sexuality became a sign of her honesty. She'd shown integrity in the face of errant bigotry. But this time, it seems as though it's her lack of integrity that's the issue. Years of preaching kindness to the camera, only to be accused of letting racism and sexual harassment run amok behind it. At best, she dropped the ball. At worst, she enabled this abuse from the position of total power over her fiefdom whilst raking in the money and enjoying the adoration of millions. It's not a good look, y'all. Ellen remains on air. She, of course, did an emotional soliloquy to camera, pleading ignorance of the charges to which she stands accused, but admitting the fact that her persona of the lovely, likable every woman isn't always entirely representative. It was met with disbelief and derision. Ratings continue to dip, reportedly hemorrhaging over a million viewers. This isn't a clear-cut cancellation. There isn't a decisive moment where the subject crossed the point of no return. Ellen may bounce back. She has before. It's a part of her legacy. But what strikes me in all of this, as Ellen is accused of breaking her vow to her audience to be kind, is who set those standards for her? Was it Ellen herself? Had she traded for so long on her brand as a lovable, unassuming comic that any deviation from that reads as a betrayal? Or is it us? Are the standards we set for those in public life so high, so unattainable, that we rejoice in tearing them down when they inevitably slip? It shouldn't be ignored that the vitriol that has accompanied this ongoing scandal seems particularly potent. It surely can't be discounted that the target of all of this often heightened dislike is a gay woman in her 60s. 
But then I think back on Ellen's own proviso after her first cancellation. Quote, I never wanted to be the spokesperson for the gay community, ever. I did it for my own truth, end quote. This episode of Cancelled was written by Anton Ferry. This is a Broccoli Production.